This episode is brought to you by Netflix. Hold your carriage horses and tighten those corsets. Bridgerton is back. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Has Penelope truly pushed aside her feelings for Colin? Will Colin realize his feelings before another suitor takes Penelope's hand? And will Penelope's secret identity as famed gossip writer Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? This gentle reader can't wait to find out. Watch part one of Bridgerton now, only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the U Up Podcast Sunday special bonus episode. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I am Jared Freed. It is great to be back here for a Sunday special bonus with you, Jordana. Um, I'm very excited because we have a great guest today. This is this is exciting because I think I can speak for both of us. We're both fans of the Netflix show Indian Matchmaking. And uh, we have today... The, I, I would call you the star of the show. I'm very excited to have her on, Aparna Shaywak Romani. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. I, 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 I mean, I'll. St- I want to start by saying, you're like the breakout star from the show. Do you do you feel that, or do you do know agree? that? Do you do you agree? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I think that there's a lot of conversation going around my portrayal, so I was definitely polarizing. Um, I was definitely talked about. I still am today. It's been about five or six weeks since the show came out, and people still have a lot to say. I'm surprised. <laughs> do, do you feel I, like you got like a like the edit that you got was like accurate or there was no. no? Accurate. I mean, this was supposed to be a docu-series. That's what I signed up for. I signed up for a docu-series that was going to highlight the best parts of my culture and the range marriage process. And then two years later, I'm at my TV watching it at 2 a.m. when it drops. Um, (laughs) This isn't a docu-series. This is a reality TV show. I didn't sign up for a reality TV show. Have you ever watched Sex in the City? Uh, yes, I have. Back in the day. Do you remember the when Carrie's like supposed to be on the front of the magazine and it's like single and fabulous, and then she like go she she goes to do this magazine cover and then they change the cover and it's like it's like her like smoking a cigarette, looking like really tired, and it's like single and fabulous question mark. She goes, I did not sign up for single and fabulous question mark. Literally, I, I am I'm question marking this one. I'm like, wait. What? <laughs> I, I have a question, Aparna. Can you define the difference to me between a docu series and a reality TV series? I'm I'm wondering. Yeah. So for me, the docu series was um, is a more accurate portrayal. It is okay. Um, actually, following the complexities of the characters, like all their different facets, um, as we people are all multifaceted. Whereas a reality sure. show kind of grabs us, makes us um, archetypes and sound bites, and does things to you know elicit reactions from the viewer. Versus the docu series that actually is telling the story. Okay. Yeah. I I I thought like to me. You said something right when we introduced you that there was uh, that's interesting. You said a docu series that would show the best parts of my background and culture, but like to me, I'm like, okay, well, there's you know, not all of us have family members and have backgrounds that were like uh, that uncle. I'm not gonna bring around, <laughs> you know, like right. that aunt. I'm not gonna like. I I would never want that aunt on a TV show, mm-hmm. and and I think like. To me, like I enjoyed hearing like your perspective, the things you were looking for, whether it was real to you or not, I did have like, I was like, okay, well, this is someone and based on the emails that we get about people kind of like 
not really owning the standard that they have, like I, I, I think that hurts them more than it helps them. Like to you, I was like, to me, I, I think you're like the good medicine. <laughs> like, like you represent. To me, you represent it. It may not be a, true or not, but like something that's aspirational for everyone to say. I want this. I don't want that. And some of that's a little bit hard to hear. Maybe, maybe that's what they were trying to do. I mean, I didn't edit the show. I didn't craft these stories. I didn't, you know, heavily sensationalize them. Um, I was myself the whole uh, process. But there is hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage, and I think sure. in the end. What do you guys see? Like an hour and a half of me tops. There's seven of us looking for love on eight episodes. But Seema, you know, being our core son that we all rotate around. So I don't know if it's possible on TV in general to get full stories, but I definitely think that there's a way to make ones that aren't as skewed or as um, I don't know polarizing. There's definitely the villains in the show. There's the heroes. They're the princesses. They're the mama's right. boys. Like they made them all, and they made them sure. simplistically that it was kind of confusing. We were all watching it as castmates. We talk sometimes and. We're like, what is this? Like, this is not who we are. Um, but that's TV also. And it's fun. It's a good watch. And people are enjoying the show. It's um, sparked a lot of good conversations about really hard topics like colorism and casteism, heightism. Apparently, it's bad to be under 5'3". I didn't know that. I am 5'3", yeah. so I was relieved because I made the cutoff. But then I was like, why am I relieved? That's a deeper, darker question. Um, right. So I, I don't know. I think the show did a lot um, and contributed a lot to those conversations. And I'm proud of that for for everything it's accomplished. Well, do you Absolutely. feel like it was like an accurate portrayal of how matchmaking in like the Indian communities really works? Or do you feel like it's not really like that? Or it was different on the show than it would be from people? Do you know people who have done it like off camera, obviously, like in real life? Yeah, I do know people. But again, this show was... Um, Everybody wants it to be this this big reveal of the entire culture and arranged marriage. But it was seven people um, in some of us in the US so that looked different and then some of us in India and the people in India are all very like upper class and um, they're all very you know of a, of a similar background and that doesn't that's not indicative of all of India and I think that's a big thing that happened with the show everybody wanted the show to show all of India because um, South Asians aren't represented in the media and they wanted to see themselves represented and they wanted the whole culture to be represented but there's no way this show could do that or any show and I think you think back to the way that like black media came about you know with the Cosby show um, being what we believed was black America and now there's so many iterations of of the good, the bad, um, and the the familial look, the drama look, and, and there's just a bigger representation. So every show isn't held to a standard of representing all of the black culture. And I hope that that's one day what happens with South Asian culture. I think it's starting with Never Have I Ever um, being a fictionalized show or scripted show this year. Um, it, it started with us. There's, a I think, a Bravo show, obviously, that is now South Asian based. So as more shows come about, I don't think people will expect their entire culture uh, to be represented by that one show. It's a really yeah, interesting I, I, point. Like the more you, the more you have, the more it's like individual stories who happen to be in this culture, and you get like some a, a little bit of it, but you're not expecting it to be everything. Yeah. So I don't know if yeah, that's your question on matchmaking, but like I, I do believe this is representative of a few people, and it's probably these seven people that you're watching. Um, but it, I think matchmaking and arranged marriage is like a fingerprint, and I've said this before, but like it's unique. My definition and my fingerprint um, of arranged marriage is dependent on many factors. One is my family and the way that they view. Uh, marriage. One is my culture. So I live in Houston, Texas. Who did I grow up around? You know, it was pretty diverse 
thankfully. And, um, you know, it was, it was wonderful and, and applauded all cultures. Um, but I was not in India, so I don't come with a lot of those stricter, more traditional backgrounds. And then also a big part is me. What do I believe my voice is in arranged marriage? Obviously, you see them trying to show you different representations, like Akshay is my foil, I guess, where he apparently, according to the show, has no say in it. And I, on the other hand, am, am you know, screaming it from the rooftops, what I want. But all of us have those factors, and those factors will all combine to make our fingerprint of arranged marriage. And I think that's an interesting thing that this show did. A lot of Europeans and Americans have been DMing me being like, but you were you guys weren't forced into it. And I was like, what? And they're like, oh, I thought you were forced in an arranged marriage system. And I'm like, no, forced marriage is not arranged marriage. I mean, it could be in some, you know, extenuating circumstances. But for us, we all had our choices. And we were saying yes or no or yes or no to each person we went on a date with. Well, I found it interesting also when they were, I mean, you, they, they talked about your mom and how like she, it, 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 they made it seem like she actually kind of was forced into this or like coerced into this marriage um, at a really young age, which was why, um, you know, she kind of brought you up to be like, to make sure that you were, that you knew exactly what you wanted, you were setting your standard and you were like making sure that you were picking someone that you were going to be really happy with. Um, so does it, do you feel like it's kind of changed like the, as, as we've gotten more modern, like it is, it is more like that personal choice and less about like family expectations or, you know, a little bit more pressure on maybe the woman in particular? I think it depends on the family. So my mom has a lot of friends, obviously her age, that um, had many choices. Some of them will joke that they saw 50 men before they picked one or went around the country in India on a train, like meeting different men. So I think, it, again, it's, it was their own fingerprint. And my mom's own fingerprint was, yeah, she was heavily pressured into marrying um, my father. And for her, she didn't appreciate that. It obviously didn't work out their divorce. And um, for us, for my sister and I, she wanted us to have complete agency over the people that we picked. And my sister picked someone amazing eight years ago and is happy. He's blonde. He's blue eyed. He's from the Pacific Northwest and they are the best couple. And my mom supports it 100% has from day one. And he's family. He was family the minute we met him because my sister said, this is the guy I'm going to marry. Um, and so I think it's interesting that they made her seem so traditional and such like a hard ass when in real life, she's like the super progressive, like hippy dippy, like find your love, like do what's good for you and I'm like yeah mom that's right <laughs> and she's like there's no age there's no time limit um, and so I've always been very blessed to have her as you know my family structure and have my sister as such a great example of you know pick the one you're going to be with you know work on it work hard on it and enjoy the ride now do you do you think that there's a place for matchmaking like I, I like do you think that there's like like I, I understood from watching it that there was like especially when people referenced love match versus matchmaking like i kind of i kind of enjoyed that because they were like yeah we found each other in this way to me it sounded like someone talking about dating app versus meeting at a bar yeah you know how when we meet our friends and they're telling us about the new guy and you're like did you meet in real life and it's like a whole yeah. thing like IRL <laughs> it's like a real thing like and someone's like I met sure. him at the house party or someone's like I met him at the grocery store and I'm like wow that happens like and I think that's where matchmaking was when I signed up for the show I was on the dating apps and I was sitting at the singles table at weddings and people were setting me up on blind dates and none of it was working so when I saw this application to be a part of the show I thought it could be another avenue and a matchmaker could be another avenue but i don't think it for me it was like the be all end all like i think it, it was next to the option of bumble 
Um, it was another sure. book for me. What mm. did someone call her on the show? Like premium Tinder? That's what I saw it as too. I was like, it's premium Tinder. I don't have to swipe right or left, but I can, um, and I can even be more specific instead of that one line profile we all put in there if we're even lucky to get that, you know? Um, so it's for me, it was another avenue. I'm a hopeless romantic. I thought, wow, wouldn't it be crazy that I had to go on a show just to find the love of my life? And ironically, we're all still single on the show. <laughs> <laughs> If you're like me and shudder at the thought of low-rise jeans and pluck-thin eyebrows making a comeback, you're a millennial. And if you're a millennial, it's time to add Clarence Multi-Active Cream to your daily routine. I have to tell you, I'm a huge Clarence fan. I've been using them for years. I love, love, love them. They are such high quality. They're like a legacy brand. My skin always looks better whenever I'm using Clarence products. And it's no different with the Clarence Multi-Active Cream. You've been adulting for a while, so the daily stress of just trying to keep your life together can cause stress aging. Yes, that's a thing. The good news, Europe's number one skincare line has a solution you can trust. Rooted in nature and innovated with science, Clarins has a long legacy of creating industry-first, plant-forward products. Using a skin charger complex made of 2% niacinamide and Sea Holly Bio Extract, Clarins Multi-Active Cream has been clinically proven to target the first visible signs of aging by smoothing lines and wrinkles, refining pores, evening tone and texture, and strengthening the skin's moisture barrier. While Multi-Active Cream can't bring back the golden age of boy bands, it can de-stress your skin. Go to Clarins.com slash UUP and get Multi-Active Day and Night Cream for 10% off, a free welcome gift, plus free shipping on your first order. That's C-L-A-R-I-N-S dot com slash UUP with promo code UUP, Clarins.com slash UUP with promo code UUP. Nothing gives me naked confidence like really nailing a tough workout. There's a real sense of power that comes from pushing your body to its limits and conquering it like a champ. But a very close second, Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's the game-changing whole body deodorant for those who love feeling confident from head to toe. And you up listeners can now receive a special offer. New customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code and link. Use code UUP at LumiDeodorant.com. L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Making sure that I smell good is like one of my top things to feel confident. If I'm scared that I might be like having an odor, that is going to totally throw off my confidence. So I love Lumi so I can feel confident that I'm smelling fresh every day. Lumi is seriously safe to use anywhere on your body. Yes, anywhere. It's baking soda-free, paraben-free, and pH-balanced for safe use below the belt. Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. More like a pre-odorant. It's clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Choose from a variety of bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code UUP for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code UUP at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. So I, 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 but it is interesting, and I think this relates to the podcast that you're on right now. This this show, the difference between the conversation that's happening on the internet and on Twitter, and the one that you know that I I, I watched the show and I was like, I was I was kind of impressed with the process. Like I, I understood the messiness of like if any of us were put in a room and asked. What are you looking for in a partner? It wouldn't right. sound great. Like they like kind of make fun of it on the screen when they're like, she wants someone who like likes to, to travel, but also like wants to stay home. Like, you know, when they're making, <laughs> they're making fun of the. 
thing the, yeah. the traits people are desiring yeah totally and then for if someone said like you know background wise what do you what do you want from it it would sound icky and that that's kind of like you know and then you go online and you go on twitter and there's this like you know, I, I, morality wins on Twitter, no matter what. Like, whatever the, the most morality point is going to be. But when it comes to relationships, it's it's all very kind of a gray area. Like, hearing you say, I don't like comedy. I don't want to fun Like, that was made into such a huge thing in my world. But I kind of understood it as something else. I, how did you... Like, I understood it as, like, you don't want a guy that was sitting there joking and doing dad jokes the whole time. Like, I... I that, but how how would you explain like that ver you know thing saying that to the person? So Seema asked me um, right off the bat what I wanted, and the viewers don't see this, but I say only two things really in real life. Um, in real life, I say I want someone who's more introverted and who's more quiet, kind of the wallflower guy. He's super chill, laid back. And then I want someone who's very intelligent. And I don't mean just like book smart. I mean like he's learning about the world around him and then he's sharing it with me. And that's like a constant part of our day-to-day -day relationship, like the, mm -hmm. the sharing of the things that um, we are passionate about, even if they're different things. And um, Seema's like, no. And I was like, what? And she's like, do you speak Hindi, by the way? And I was like, no, my Hindi's terrible. Like, can we stay to stick to English? And she's like, yeah. So now I'm confused because I've just met this lady and I'm thinking, uh-oh, like, she's not even speaking English really well here. Um, Hold on. I'm, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Is she someone that you found through the show or is she someone that's out there and you were introduced to? How do you come across Seema? Um, so for me, she is part of the show. So I didn't meet Got her it. until that moment. You guys see me meeting her when I opened the door. That is the first time I met her. I didn't know her name until a minute before that. Got and it. They were like, her name is Seema. I said, okay. They're like, call her Seema on I said, sure. They're like, ring the doorbell. <laughs> and like, the doorbell rings. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, let's tape. Um, and so I'm telling her I want these things. And she's just like, no. And I'm like, no, she must not be understanding me. I just met this lady. I know exactly what I want. Like, and she's like, no, you need someone jolly. And I'm like, well, Santa Claus is jolly. I don't want a jolly guy. And I'm like, no, no. I'm thinking in my head, she doesn't get it. So I'm like, okay, I don't want. You're like, I want a guy that goes to the gym. I don't want a guy eating cookies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want the funniest guy in the room. And she's like, no. And I'm like, I don't want someone who's like, I don't, I don't like comedy. Like I'm thinking it's a language barrier at this point. So I keep saying it. And sure. Like, oh, until they got the soundbite. Right, right. And right. I'm sitting over and over again thinking like in my head I'm racking my brain. I've taken Hindi in like college in the classroom and I'm like, was there a word for introvert? Like what's the word for introvert in Hindi? <laughs> like, because someone's got to marry that guy and I think it's going to be me and I want that. And she's all like, no. And so finally I realized that she's just going to say no to me because she's already picked my first date and it's someone I don't want to go on a date with. It's a jolly man. It's a jolly man. <laughs> well, well that, I mean, that also is something to say. Like I have met with matchmakers in the past and they dealt with jewish people people with jewish backgrounds so yeah. to say like i like what you're saying to me is is on track with kind of what i was thinking like i didn't think you were like i hate comedy and if i hear a joke go fuck yourself like i didn't think like, <laughs> but again on the world of twitter that's what it becomes and nuance and context is left at the door to make your morality point but i to what you're saying i've met with um, this woman who did Jewish background, you know, matchmaking, and she has a she has a closet full of inventory that she's got to sell, and that's very apparent <laughs> when you meet with these people. Is she's got so what you're saying? I totally understand where she's like, no, 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 no. What if what if I put you in a '97 Corolla? Like they, you know, right. and it's or like I just so I happens. Know 
Right. I know what you need. It's not what you yeah. think you need. I mean, do you think there's anything to that? The idea that like someone wouldn't know what they what they wanted or what they needed really needed until it was like put in front of them. That some, sometimes that happens. I'm in my thirties. <laughs> I've been on like hundreds of first dates. I've been yeah. in relationships and like right. the things I'm asking for are not crazy. I'm not like I want model good looks and a certain skin color and like I want him to go to the specific school. I'm telling you, I want someone laid back, chill, and intelligent. Like I'm not asking yeah. for like Brad Pitt. You know, like I'm asking right. for a, a, for what I think is a is a pretty good uh, fit for my personality type and what I've you know, done some soul searching for. Um, and I even say in the show, I'm like, you know, I've dated the funny guy in the past and like I've dated the life of the party and it hasn't worked and it's not for me. And especially as I grow older, that's not who I want to come home to. Um, and that's my choice and that's my preference. And uh, that's another thing I was so surprised about. People are very upset with my preferences. Like me not liking a beat is like a huge deal. And I'm like, sure. I'm not asking you to like, the, like not like the beach. I'm just telling you, I don't prefer it. Like, um, and so I don't know. That's also it's it's interesting to me. I think it's interesting because you know sometimes, you know, we'll get an email that asks like, "Is it okay?" He didn't. Pay, he wanted to split dinner. He wanted to split the tab. Is that okay? And it's like, well, listen, I don't. It's it's I, it's not up to me to tell you what you think is okay. You know, like right. you don't like if if that tasted bad to you, that tasted bad to you. That's an icky thing to admit is that the guy paying for them in this day and age, it's an icky thing to say, well, I like when the man pays for the first date. Okay, I would understand that. I understand. But I can't tell you what makes you salivate. Like that's, that's just a, that's a human desire. Like I, I, that's why I, 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 I was so interested in kind of the – that you became a focal point of it because all it seemed to me was that you were owning a standard. And I, I think that's great and kind of a lesson to be learned. But here's another thing. So they, they soundbited all the things I disliked. What if about, mm. what if in the hundreds of hours of footage, they went around and they soundbited all the things I did like? Sure. It would be a whole different character and portrayal. I would be Nadia. Because <laughs> like, I also, <laughs> I'm very, I'm opinionated and I'll tell you what I like and what I don't like. And they could have easily chosen the things that I liked. And then I could have been yeah. the glowing flower child. You know, like I could have been like, sure. oh, this is so awesome. She loves everything. Like, so let's also right. think about the way that we consume media and the portrayals that we have, especially of strong women who are vilified time and again in every show. And we as viewers are just not getting wise to it and we're allowing it and um, we're supporting it by watching it and perpetuating it and giving them ratings for it. I don't well, think I can change that. I don't think that's a huge conversation, but I think it's interesting because I don't watch TV a lot. And so for me to be on this TV show, it was really interesting to see because I'm like, Oh, I had no idea about media consumption. Like I just had never thought well, about it. There's a reason the flower child, I wouldn't consider her the breakout star of the show, and I would consider you the breakout star of the show. I mean, that, that plays into it too, where I would say, you know, no one, you know, the, the, the things that do well in comedy are things you hate, not things I love. Right. Why <laughs> you know, did so. Jessica Batten do so great? Why are we still talking about Jessica Batten, but no one else from the show? I don't even remember the other people from the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, there was Jessica Patton. And I personally loved her on the show when I watched it. Um, and other people didn't. And so Jessica I, Patton, what show are you referencing? I, I didn't hear. Uh, Love is Blind. Sure, sure. Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah, Jessica yeah, yeah, 34. Yeah, yeah. Mark 34. 24. <laughs> yes. Mark we, 24. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't say her full name. Jessica 34. <laughs> Jessica 34 is her name. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Who will talk to you never. 
<laughs> I think that is very interesting. I do think societally there's this idea or like this notion, which you would think would be kind of like lessened by now, but is still very much there of like, once you reach a certain age as a woman, you should just like take what you can get and like sort of like get over like anything, like just settle for whatever like is thrown at you. So I think it was like, it, this was like a very interesting pushback to that, that clearly the world is not like caught up in terms of allowing women to say, to still have standards or to still be, be um, particular and set their standard for what they want. And the world still wants women to be likable. I mean, even Seema was saying she didn't like my talking pattern, which means that I didn't smile enough or giggle enough or like, you know, coy, coy away my eyes and like put them down and bat my eyelashes enough for her to understand me. And she's a 60 year old woman. Like what? Yeah. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, like you could just be a little more likable. And I'm like, no, I don't actually care um, if I'm likable to every man. But unfortunately, that's what we as young women were taught. By the age of 10, people were telling us, like, dress the way the men want you to dress. Like, be likable to all the guys in your classroom. Like, how many guys have a crush on you? Not, hey, does a really decent guy want to get to know you? But like, hey, I heard that like five different guys like that girl. And so then that became our goal and our whole 20s. I wish someone would have shook Aparna in her 20s and been like, stop getting dressed for a date thinking, what will the guy like? My friends used to give me advice like, if you sit back um, away from him and then giggle into him, he'll think that you're very interested. And you don't even have to listen to him. It's like you can glaze your eyes over and then at a certain point, just like come back in and start asking questions. And he'll think you're interested, but really you just weren't listening. This is the advice that was given in my 20s. Jordana and I, we've talked about how, like, we even see the younger generation is of women. We kind of, you know, we talked about, like, how, like, we see it. It's, the, uh, it's different than even ours. We're around the same age. Like, right. I, I see it in the way women, you know, and, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense. I mean, the way women dress, you know, that are younger, where they're, like, you know, the, the love my curves. And, like, and, and we kind of talk about on this show, like, where it's, like, I mean, I've said on this show where it's like it's kind of disgusting to say, but like there's a there are guys out there who like feet. So like you are someone's foot. So like the idea that like you have to like change yourself to some guy that you don't even know who they are is like a little crazy. But that takes time to learn, just like you're saying, you know, like that takes, you know, confidence and learning what you're into and not into. Yeah. And that takes a, a, an ability to understand that, like, you're not looking for every man to love you. You're looking for the right person. And in my 30s, yeah. like, I'm looking for the right person. So, like, when they showed that Shaker, quote unquote, rejected me and I say, that's OK, uh, but I like me. I mean mm. it. Like, I, right. I like myself and I'm working very hard every day before I go to bed. I'm like, hey, was I a good uh, employee today? Was I a good daughter? Was I a good sister? Was I a good friend? Was I good to my pet? Did I take care of him? Did I learn something new? And, you know, am I evolving? Sure. At the end of every day, if I can say that, I like me. And so mm -hmm. if someone on Twitter in Korea or India or South Africa wants to sit behind their keyboard and say mean things about a portrayal they saw of me on a show, I don't mind. And I don't mind if a man says to me after our first date, hey, like, I think you're into me, but I just don't think I'm on the same page. I would respect that. I would say thank yeah. you for wasting my time and thank you for making your preferences known. Like, I wish you the best of luck. And I would hope that they would say the same to me if I said, hey, I just don't think that there's chemistry there. And no. obviously they do feel that way because I'm still best friends with Shaker from the show. I talk to him every day. I'm seeing him in Chicago this week. I talk to Dilip and Jay almost every day. I left that show with three great 
grounded, loyal men. And they're my cheerleaders. Like, I'm not on Twitter. And they would be like, I got on Twitter and I told some trolls off today. I'm like, don't do that. Don't waste your time. Like, I don't, I don't need that from you. I think that's very sweet. But like, I don't need you to do that for me. Summer is just around the corner. So it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I'm wearing a Quince sweater literally right now. They make the best cashmere sweaters and they're so well-priced. It's like, honestly, my dream store. I also have an amazing down comforter from them. They cut out the middleman and they really just give you these really, really high quality items that last a long time and that they're at an amazing price point. Quince has amazing items like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash UUP for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash UUP to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash UUP. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Skims, and with warmer weather coming up, I recently tried out one of their t-shirts. Skims makes the best basics and foundations, so it's no surprise that it's the best-fitting tee I've ever worn. Finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge, whether it's the fit or the quality, but with Skims, they make the most flattering shirts for everyone. Honestly, I love pretty much everything Skims makes, but I really love their t-shirts. They're like form-fitting, and they make my body just look that much smoother. I have the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt in Onyx. It has amazing versatility. It is literally a must-have for a spring wardrobe. They're stretchy, they're flattering. You can dress it up or dress it down and you don't have to worry about compromising style or comfort. I also have the cotton jersey t-shirt in marble and it's really just changed the game for me. It's taking the regular t-shirt, it's leveling it up. There's no stretched collars or hems and it literally fits like a dream. Skims t-shirts are made with innovative technology while always keeping style and comfort in mind. From crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, Skims has something for every fit and everybody. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes extra extra small to 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know i sent you after you place your order select podcast in the survey and select you up in the drop down menu that follows with sema the matchmaker do you think there's someone like you know it to me it sounds like and please correct me if i'm wrong that like it seems like sema was with the show like it kind of like like is she a producer on the show i i yeah. No, but like, but like, is this to, is this to help her business? Like, you know, like, is that part of it? Like, I'm sure she's getting calls right now because it's a popular show and I'm sure people are like, Hey, I, I want to find love. Like love is, is, is a drug. Love is like fitness industry like that. You know, the dating apps are a money making thing. So like, you know, do you think there's a version of SEMA that exists out there that is doing a great job at, at, at Indian matchmaking or matchmaking in general? Yeah, so Seema is a, a matchmaker in Bombay for a very specific community, uh, the Marvel okay. community. And she is well-networked in that community. She understands their traditions and their culture. And I believe that if you were a traditional Marvari in Bombay of a certain 
class or socioeconomic group that she would be the best matchmaker for you. Um, she, however, was met by the creator of the show years ago on a documentary that I think is on Amazon Prime right now still. It won like some Tribeca Film Festival awards and stuff like that called A Suitable Girl. And that was about upper middle class families or middle class families in India. It was a documentary, a proper documentary. Um, and Seema was one of the moms on that show who was trying to get her own daughter married off. And from what I understand, the creator of this show met her, did the whole documentary on her, so taped her for four or five years, and then thought, hey, I could pitch this woman as a, her own show. She's a matchmaker, right? And so I think that's how this was born. Um, and so I didn't know anything about the matchmaker until I swear a minute before she rang my doorbell. Um, mm -hmm. I had uh, contacted an, a South Asian matchmaker in the US years ago. And I, she, she's very expensive, but she's probably the best and maybe the only one actually. And so I assumed it was her. I was like, oh, I think I know which matchmaker they're going to choose for this show. It's going to be that one I contacted years ago um, in D.C., who's an ex-lawyer who couldn't find, you know, a husband at the time that she was looking that was kind of just like her, you know, like an educated professional South Asian. And so she started her own company. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's who it's going to be. And then this woman comes in and she's like, do you speak Hindi? And I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> not the American woman from D.C. It's someone who might not even understand the words I'm saying. So is, is matchmaking yeah. sort of an, uh, more of an upper class thing in, in India or is it for everyone? No, I mean, I've heard stories about how the barbers in India and in, in rural villages are the ones who do the matchmaking. And years ago, there used to be actual matchmakers who would go from village to village with suitcases full of those one-page biodatas. I mean, everybody from the bottom to the top uses a matchmaker in India um, or is, at least has one available to them. There's so many that it's community-based and class-based and all of these things. And you go to the one that fits what you want in your partner and what you are. Um, and in India, they do very strict financial checks on your family. Like, I think you have to turn them in banks statements and like prove your worth and like because they don't want to be peddling you as as a false story it makes them look um non-credible you know and so sure. um, there's a lot more checks and balances on on the system and who's involved in the process from what i understand in india now obviously i've not been through that process myself but that's what i've been told and what was the thing the thing with the the guy who was like predicting your marriage date like what is that about? Is that part of the process usually? Or is that because like, it seemed like for someone who's like a lawyer and so educated, this seemed like very non-science based and like something that I would I would imagine you would find it hard to like get behind this idea that there was like this mystical date that you were set to get married. Yeah. So in our tradition, um, when you're born, they're looking at the clock very carefully and they want the minute that you're born because these birth charts are, are often written uh, for you the the day you're born um, by whoever your family uses as an astrologer. And the theory stands that at 1.48 p.m. in London, England, on January 4th, the year I was born, the stars were aligned a certain way in that exact moment in London. And they will literally take the longitude and latitude and find the stars in that moment. And from that, they think they can read a lot about your future. Um, I've had my birth chart read twice before, once in my early 20s, once in my late 20s. And, and so when they approached me on the show to have it as a part of my process to show the world, again, the best parts of my culture, I thought, um, I said, sure. Like, I've already had it read twice. In fact, wouldn't it be funny if he said the same things as the other women, the two women that I saw before him? And so for me, it was just taken with a grain of salt. And sure enough, he looked at my chart and immediately said the same exact things that I've heard twice mm. before. And I was like, hmm, there must be something to it. Now, I don't know if it's true or not. Um, I still, but definitely they all looked at this chart and saw the exact same things. And I was like, hmm, I don't know about this. We'll see. We'll see. Wow. They all said I was never going to get married until I was 34 or older. 
I never believed them in my 20s. I thought 34 was ancient. How could you not be married by 34? That's just, that's insane. What a number. And then I turned 34 last year and I was like, huh. Huh. Here we are. So you think there's like, there might be like some sort of accuracy to it. I don't know. We'll see. The one thing that they've all said, which we can't, we won't be able to like fudge at all, is that they have all looked at my chart and been like, twin boys. And I'm like, oh. I don't want that. And they're like, I know. <laughs> twin boys. And I'm like, well, huh, there we go. Okay, twin boys. And he said the same thing. He literally looked at it and started laughing. And he was like, huh, twin boys. Like, great. I guess we'll see then. I, then we're we'll, gonna have, we'll have a follow-up episode with you to talk about what happened when twin when boys. that comes down the road, twin boys. Well, he told me everything is going to be subtle over the next two years. And when I asked what subtle meant, he was like, married with kids. I'm like, Shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. I, 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 I have to say, it's, uh, it's all very interesting. I think there's a reason people are talking about it, and it's because it's interesting. It's, it, and also, there's the realities of dating and, and finding a partner are just difficult, and everyone goes through it. doesn't matter you know, how old or young or rich or poor you are, everyone has looked at someone and been like, fuck that person, you know, <laughs> or I love that person. You know, it's one or the other. So, um, I, I mean, so you said you're single, you're still single now. You're still out there. Are you, how are you dating now? How does, uh, how does one date, you know, now with, are you matchmaking? Are you entering in that world again? Is, would you do it is, again? Would you do it again? Yeah. Yeah, I'd 100% do matchmaking again. Um, I do believe that your relationship with your matchmaker is like another relationship that you're building. Like you're dating the men yep. she's bringing to you, you're dating her. Um, so you better pick someone that's the right fit for you. Um, and, you know, obviously my first date with Seema went poorly and then it got progressively better. Um, so maybe that's something we learn also from the matchmaking process. Uh, I'm currently not dating. So since COVID, I have not. I've not been on the apps even. I was just like, that's ridiculous in this time. Uh, and then I think once all of us have started realizing that this could go on for quite a bit of time, um, I am now open to being back on the dating apps. Just right now, I'm not sleeping more than three or four nights, three or four hours a night. Um, you know, I'm writing my book. Um, my book proposal is, is going to be ready in the next week or two. I'm working full time as a lawyer. I have a travel business on the side that I've had for two years, which now is a crazy time to be in the travel industry and have that be your passion project. And I'm doing press starting from 6 a.m. to midnight every night and every day. So my European press starts at 6 a.m. My India press and Asian press starts at 9.30 p.m. Um, so I, when someone's like, hey, do you want to meet so-and-so? I'm like, I'd like to sleep for more than three hours a night, you know, like yeah. I'd love, I'd love that. Um, and so for now I would love to also soak in the positivity of the show and these opportunities. Like I never thought I would, I, I did actually think I was going to write a book. I never thought I'd write a book about myself. Um, so that's been an interesting journey right now. And I think it's a cool opportunity and I, I do want to like kind of enjoy these moments and also so, talk to the people about like, I talk to people who are watching the show, real people. That's the best part. Absolutely. I, I, what's the difference? You mentioned the press for European versus India press versus American press. What's the major difference between the three if you were going to split it up into European, India, and, and American? Um, so Indians are extremely wise to the matchmaking process. And so I feel like I was never as polarizing there to the masses. The women there loved me from day one. They didn't yeah. even have to process the show because they all have a Sima auntie and they all hate that Sima auntie. And so they were like, <laughs> why do they hate her? They're, they're just like, this yeah, person probably telling them what to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she's some pretty sexist and misogynistic thing. Like, sure. But I, I'm saying they all in India, like they're just like, I have one and I hate her. 
a lot of women. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of South Asian women are really angry and um, that a woman like her exists in their life and then now exists on a national, international screen. Um, who's are saying, there? Yeah. Are there younger, more progressive matchmakers now? Like, uh, does that exist? I don't know. I don't live in India. I mean, they tried to bring one progressive one on there, right, in episode six, and she turned out to be 10 times worse. She was all like, <laughs> Timbuktu, forget your business. Just give up everything and go for a man you don't know. And my friend Ankitha, now my friend Ankitha, at the time just a castmate I didn't know, was like, yeah. no, no. Like, I have this company I love. Like, I would have to talk about my future. I'd be open to it if it was really necessary. And that woman, Geetha, was like, no, girl, you need to go to Timbuktu if your man wants you to go. Yeah. If that's the progressive lady then i don't know like Ankita was just featured in vogue the other day for her business and it's like booming and i'm like she doesn't need to go to timbuktu she needs to mm -hmm. maybe have that conversation if that's a serious relationship she's in but she doesn't need to be dictated you know to like that or spoken to like that really and and you know seema saying things to me like you know in india we don't like women lawyers I'm like okay like yeah. what does that even mean like and for her being like, you're picky. I'm only going to give you one person to pick from. But Pradhaman and Akshay get like 150. Sure. And I'm like, what is happening here? Um, so I think a lot of women in Asia, uh, especially India, are very uh, wise. And so my press there has been extremely different um, off the bat. Now it's all kind of the same. I think the whole media trend right now is to talk about the sexism and the um, the misogyny that's actually like just come to the surface uh, on her comments and her actions alone. And, but I was very surprised and Europeans, um, they're more into like the pop culture aspect of it. I was surprised about that too. They're very like um, into showing the South Asians in the UK, like a fun, more entertaining slant and American press is in different across the board just cause it's more vast. Like I've done everything from the New York times and Washington post and New Yorker and Oprah to like my local news channels. So I don't think that there was like a, uh, a place much of a theme yeah there's, yeah. No, there's not a theme it's it's whatever the outlet needs and whatever bent they're taking um based on who the outlet is okay are you have you seen anybody since the show have you any dates any just i know you said you're off at dating but has any dates or anything i literally have not left my house except for the three hours uh three miles i walk a day i don't have time to leave my house i'm on zoom all day um or working full-time like i'm in court on zoom and then i'll switch to press on zoom and then i'll switch to my business partner in berlin for my travel business on zoom and i uh basically the sun goes down and i'm like time to go take a walk like yeah I, I think i went to starbucks the other day and i got my nails done and i was like wow this is freedom i haven't left in like six weeks and then like someone recognized me and i didn't know how but i have a t-shirt line <laughs> now and i was wearing the be like a parna shirt and I had like this huge mask on my face and I was like a hot mess. And they were like, Aparna. And I'm like, how did you know? They're like, you're wearing your shirt. And now you're like, okay, now I have to move. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I can't also wear my shirts in public if I don't want to be recognized <laughs> because it literally so said, funny. be like Aparna. It was not a very subtle shirt. <laughs> you know that feeling when you're going on your first date with the person you've been seriously crushing on and realize you have absolutely nothing to wear? Maybe you find yourself wishing you had the perfect pair of jeans, the one you can fancy up, fancy down, and just look better every time you wear them. Well, that's why you need to check out Lee Denim. I love Lee Denim. I'm wearing them today in the office. I'm wearing their jeans. I love, they also have this other pair that I have at home that I'm really excited to wear. It's like a little baggier, but it's still so comfortable and yet it's still so flattering. I don't know how they do it. Every time you wash it, they also look even better. And I love that they flatter every body type. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. 
Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right, and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. Aparna, thank you so much for coming on. We're going we're gonna to play a game that we play at the end of every show. It's called Red Flag or Deal Breaker. Mm. And basically, we just give you like uh, a scenario and you say, if this, this person's perfect in every way, but they do, they do this thing, is it a red flag and you're like, you can like deal or is it a deal breaker and you're out? Okay. They buy dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets to make lunch at home. Neither. I think that's cool. Are they, you're, 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 you're into it. Yeah, are they soy though? I, I eat Morningstar a lot. If they could be soy, that'd be great. Soy yeah, is I, better, but not not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker, not. not a red flag. That's cool. That How you- about they they call them their Dino Nuggies? They're like Dino. I'll have my Dino Nuggies for lunchy lunchy boy. <laughs> okay, now you're making me say red flag. But, <laughs> okay, but otherwise, I was okay with your food choices. I have like terrible food taste though. Like everyone wants me to be a foodie. They're like, oh, you just seem like you would love like the best food. I'm like. Um, I eat morning star most days. I don't know. <laughs> Jordana, what do you think? I think it's fine. Um, Mike eats uh, gushers for, uh, you know, that's a snack in our pantry. So I think I, I can't judge. Can't judge. Yeah. All right. Let's do you? another. I, I, I don't mind. And the dino nuggies, if, if they referred to them as my dino nuggies, I'd be like, okay, I got to hear, I got to like smile at this every day with closed teeth. Like, I don't know if I could do that forever, but I think that's uh that would get me out, but uh, I'm okay with dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. Okay. Fair enough. All right. They don't speak to their parents. Red, red flag, flag or deal breaker? Or deal breaker. Uh, red flag, because I would want to know why. Like, what if their parents are literally the most horrible people in the world? People, People's parents are real people, too, right? They don't do everything sure. right. So I agree. I'd want to know more. I agree. Red, but it could be their parents. A lot of people have terrible parents. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. The tough part about that is now you have to hang out with now just your parents. Them. Now your parents yeah, no, are, are their parents. Yeah, I give them my parents. It's it's a lot of pressure on me in the relationship where now, you know, what are we going to do this holiday? Your parents. Like I get no break from my family, which is something I kind of want built into. I need built in excuses, I think. So this would take away a fun excuse. So I think so it's a out. deal break. I'm out. I'm oh, out. I don't think. Um, okay. Let's do one more. Okay. They quote unquote forget their wallet on your first date. Red flag. Did yeah. they really forget it? Like I would have to. Well, it. let's say the. I guess if the first date went great and they went and touched their back pocket, they went to their suit pocket they and they're like, they ah. did the reach. <laughs> yeah, they did the reach and they go, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But you had a great first date. We have, that's kind of the game here is that everything's great except this one thing. I, I would have to give them another date. I, I, but uh, I guess from a male perspective, like I'm not like, like if she's doing the, the pump fake, you know. Right, there's definitely a double standard there with, the, <laughs> uh, with like a, a, a female or male date. Um, I think it'd be more socially acceptable for the girl to forget her wallet. Yeah. yeah. Or she wouldn't <laughs> even have to tell know. me. 
you would never know she forgot it because it was just a fake reach anyway exactly that like i one time um i lost my id in san francisco but i have tsa i have clear so i was like okay as long as i'm not chosen as like the random person in clear that has to show their id i'm good like there's a one in 10 chance that I'm stuck here in San Francisco and I remember going through it's like that's kind of the same thing it's like there's a 1 in 10 chance that this girl's gonna go oh and then you go where's the wallet and she's <laughs> like no I can't find it but what, what would you guys do I think uh, first time's a red flag twice is a deal breaker yeah Correct. twice is the, I twice echo is that the, one mm-hmm. twice yeah. now we're seeing a pattern we, we're wise exactly. to patterns. we're better than <laughs> yeah. that no, the dog ate my wallet. <laughs> so no one forgets their wallet, though. It's like this huge thing in your pocket. You can't miss it. I mean, who's not doing keys, wallet, phone? Like the tap on their keys, body. Keys, wallet, phone, mask. Yeah, keys, wallet, <laughs> phone, mask. So Look at you now. Um, Aparna, this was such a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was so yeah. much fun. And we'll Where have can... you back when you have your twins. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then we'll all get our, our stars read. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what is that process called? The... The astrology reading. Oh, which is a regular astrology reading. I did another podcast and I said I would give out his email address. He's been like booming business. People are like, oh my. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Actually, the Jewish community is really into it. They're like a lot of Jewish girls are reaching out to me being like, hey, does he do me too? I'm like, yeah, he can can read anyone's chart. Your stars are not different than my stars. There's a reason there's a song, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match, find me a find, catch me a catch. It is. It, it, uh, when I watched the 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 SEMA lady, I was like, "Yeah, Jews are gonna love this." I can I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. There is a big, or I think in the Orthodox Jewish community, that's also like a pretty big, yeah, a big city. thing matchmaking. Yeah. Yeah. I walked into the Conrad once, and um, we were going up to that loopy doopy popsicle place like five years ago, and there was all these Hasidic um, Jewish people doing matchmaking in there. Like everyone was on their dates on the sofas, and like all their parents were watching them. And I was like, "The Conrad Hotel hosts Jewish." matchmaking events. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Well, where can people find you, Aparna? What, what, what's the best way to, you know, get in touch with you and see your, the, the book that's going to obviously come out and everything you're doing? Yeah. Um, the best way is, I guess, my Instagram. It's my full name, Aparna Shuak Romani. It says I was on Netflix in the uh, profile, so you'll know you found me. But really, my name should be the giveaway that you found me anyway. We'll push it on all our socials, too. So we really appreciate you coming on. It's really great to meet you and get you know, your perspective on the whole show because it was definitely, you know, both of us are fans. So thank you. This was great. Well, thank you guys so much. I really did appreciate this. Thanks. All right. Bye. You Up is hosted by Jared Freed. And Jordana Abraham. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Social media by Abby Lloyd. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Be sure to follow us at at UUPpod on Instagram and email your questions to UUP at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back, bringing us another scandalous and sexy season. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. In season three, longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy odds and expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as famed gossip writer Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton now, only on Netflix. Betches.